1: Life, if you give your heart and believe what he's done for you, you'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Welcome back to Set for Life. Today I have with me my wife, Anna. And that's all the intro she gets? No. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we're a few words tonight. Did you have any coffee yet? Not recently. Oh, no. That's what it is. Do I need to go get a cup? We could cover a lot more ground if you had some caffeine.
0: That's true. But
1: anyway, for those of you listening, I just recently did a wedding. And in my wedding script, I always talk about godly order. Marriage is really becoming attacked in our culture today. There's a lot of people that refuse to live their lives in God's order. A lot of people treat marriages like a a disposable razor, and they just want to throw it away. And a lot of it's because they're not in order, are they?
0: No, and, and we talked about that too with the, the women, is that women are losing their identity. So people are trying to retrain what a woman is, and then when we try to say, no, you need to be in a godly order, they get mad or upset or they're confused because that's not what the world is teaching them.
1: Something that's really going on today is they're trying to destroy gender. You can be a woman if you want to be. You can be a man if you want to be. And they're trying to change it all up because if you can destroy gender, then you can eliminate God's order. Right. Uh, A man is a man. A woman is a woman. And God's order falls into that. It is ungodliness. These people that are trying to twist gender all up. And say that you can switch from a man to a woman or vice versa because they they are they do not understand God's order within a marriage. Now, let me let me first state one thing. Uh, Proverbs eighteen twenty two it says, "He who finds a wife finds a good thing." I see a lot of negative talk about marriage. You know, like there's this one. If you could go back in time and speak to your younger self, what would you get? And you know what? Nine times out of ten, what people s- respond is. Don't marry that woman. Oh. Uh, guys, you know, th- th- these are Christians, supposedly, that are saying this. And Proverbs 18.22 says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing.
0: Well, I was thinking, I've met a lot of women who I just shake my head at. They're not a good wife. They're not in order, and they make their husbands miserable. So for some, I can't blame them for wishing they hadn't done it, because what's standing in front of them is not a good example.
1: But it can be made so if exactly. they will get an order. Yes. You know, finding a godly wife, you find a good and godly wife, that is a good thing. Yes. So people, don't be afraid of, oh, I don't think I ought to get married, because you're listening to all your knucklehead friends out there that did not live in God's order, and so they're scarred with this idea that marriage is this terrible thing. No, it says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. You know, I, I think today more people— Are more intrigued with he who finds a Wi Fi finds a good thing.
0: (laughs) Well, think about it. They can turn it on whenever they want to. And turn it off when they want to. Exactly.
1: They don't have to be accountable to to anyone. (laughs) Exactly. A wife is infinitely better. In Genesis chapter one, it says, God created man. God said, It's not good for a man to be alone. I will make a helper for him. And he brought her to the man. And the Lord himself officiated the very first wedding ceremony. Now, in Matthew nineteen four, Jesus said, Have you not read that he who made them male and female, the genders are specifically defined, and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Now, interesting, he said one flesh. This illustrates the intimate relationship that they're supposed to be between a husband and a wife. It's supposed to be deep. It's not supposed to be resented. It's supposed to be very close and intimate between a husband and a wife. One
0: of the things I was thinking when we talk about Eve, it means of man. That means she came from him, but she is not him. That means she was made differently, designed differently with a whole different purpose. There is a very distinct difference, and we're trying to not be different. Yet God created us differently. What was so neat is he made it so different that he created Adam outside the garden, brought him in, but Eve, he made inside the garden. He made Adam from the ground and blew breath in him, but for Eve, he made her from a rib. He didn't even do it the same we're way. We're very different. Yes.
1: We're very different. Meant to be different. And we're different for specific roles that God designed. Yes. And I'm just warning you, the, the culture out there, listen to the Bible. He made them male and female. He brought them together. He had different... Roles in mind for them. You cannot blur the gender lines. That is ungodly. It's against God's order. It's against God's word. And so the very intimacy between them two, Jesus said, one flesh. And marriage is established like this so that it can illustrate a picture to us that salvation and Messiah Jesus is also a very intimate relationship. Now, a husband and wife are joined together physically because Jesus said, one flesh. But a believer's relationship with Jesus Christ is spiritual through the direct indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God as one. And so this indwelling, this intimate relationship with God is so deep, it's so intimate that nobody else can ever get in there and take it away. They can redefine gender all they want to or try to. God's word says male and female. Now, there's a reason for these different genders because they play different roles. The letter A is not the letter B. Right. A performs a different role than the letter B does. And it has to be that way. You can't make words. Right.
0: And A is not better than B.
1: It's not better. It comes before B. Right. Just because of order. But it exactly. doesn't make it superior. There has to be a structure. And the structure brings the order and the order brings the function. So what we're going to talk about is order, because every marriage illustrates a visible picture of the invisible relationship that all believers have with Christ.
0: If if you look around the world, there's always order. Everything that God created, there's an order. Think about when, just as simple as when we eat. You have to go through the the mouth, order There's order to everything. As a matter of fact,
1: before we came in here to do this podcast, I had to get the microphones out, and I just set up her mic and my mic and had to hook them up.
0: I was doing laundry. She was,
1: I said, yeah. hey, stop laundry for a minute. Let's yeah. do this first. Or you would be hearing a dryer running in the background. Right. There's there's, there's order. order. There's order to everything. And, I, and even then, I had to hit record mm-hmm. before we started talking or nobody would be hearing any of this discussion. And I just looked at the record clock to make sure we were, were oh, recording because I wasn't sure <laughs> if I did or not. So all these things happen in order. And it doesn't mean it's better than the other. It just means you have to do things in order or else you get no function. There's there's nothing going to work.
0: Right. Men typically are the ones who are loggers, right? They're the ones who go cut down trees. And
1: we Isn't wear the flannel and, yeah, we and we carry like, the axe yeah. and all that. Now. It's
0: not that we can't do it. It's just not our role. We're supposed to be at home or we're supposed to be doing something else. Oh,
1: you made a lot of feminists mad on that <sighs> one. I'm oh, good oh, at it. A bunch of people watching The View are going to hate you now. Ooh, oh, good gosh. Hard. Yeah. And there goes my invite. Yeah, I know. Listen to this, guys. If, if Take any Bible, look at Ephesians 5.22. Now, I know this is going to blow some of y'all's heads, but this is God's word, and you really are doing good for yourself to learn what this is. As a matter of fact, the reason I have my wife on this show is so that you won't just hear a man tell you what I'm about to read. You're also going to hear my wife, a woman, with me in this show at the same time. We're reading it together. Ephesians 5.22 says, wives, submit. To your own husbands. Oh, everybody just turned the radio <laughs> off. They're not listening to me anymore. But this is the Word of God. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Anna, before I elaborate, what have you got to say to the women on this one?
0: Well, first, I wanted to say when you're looking at Ephesians, I got two points. First, he talks about walking in the light, and he talks about walking in wisdom. So before he even talks about marriage and, and Christ and the church, he's talking about the being the light and wisdom. The second one is we have to remember Adam and Eve. And we have to remember that for whoever decided it was a great idea to have a picnic beside the tree you couldn't eat the fruit on, she grabbed it and gave it to him. She ate, they ate, and that was their fall. Adam didn't protect Eve. So God had to set up an order, and this is what we're seeing, because Adam didn't protect Eve from the beginning. He set up an order to make sure we were protected, because she even said, I was deceived. Would God be a loving father if he goes, well, you, I don't know what to help you with, you know, going on, whatever.
1: You know, setting up protection for somebody, those of you listening with kids, you have order in your house, because you're protecting your kids. Yes, and your kids are supposed to submit to you. Do you have a problem with that? A lot of people, no, I don't have a problem with that. This, is this a marriage thing. Well, we got a problem with one thing, but not another. See, it, it doesn't, right, exactly. doesn't add up. Whenever I talk to two people that are about to get married, I'll talk to, the, to the, the bride and the groom. And I always make sure that they both agree to this order. And I ask the, uh, the, the bride, do you submit to this man as your husband? Uh, not just to honor your husband. But also by doing this, by obeying this biblical biblical command, you're going to be honoring the Lord. And so, like it says, as we're all to submit to Jesus, according to God's word, the wives are to submit, submit to their husbands as to the Lord. Now, this uh, I know this sounds very offensive to people because our culture has gotten so far off base from God's word that when people hear this stuff, all they want to do is get mad. Well, I don't like that. Again, you need to listen to God's word. And not so much the world. The groom has expectations. We're about to get into that as well. So don't don't blow a gasket and turn it off yet. Hear me up. I always talk about the hus- uh, to the groom that your bride is God's best for you. And I always tell them if you will commit to obeying God's order for your marriage, then that they will find this is the best way for both of them, the husband and the wife, to position themselves to receive God's best blessings. And so submission. That's God's command to the wife.
0: Let me make a comment to the wives. Submit does not mean you become a doormat. Submit doesn't mean I bow down.
1: I walk in, honey, where's my tea? Right. No. It's not like that. If That's you, not what we're, ta- what we're talking about. No,
0: and you could go to like and look up the word, and, and there's a lot of different words that you can find for the word submit. One of them is fulfill, fulfill to your own husband. Isn't that what God said to Adam and Eve at the very beginning? Fulfilling your role as a wife to her husband? So if you take out the word submit and you use it fulfill, does it sound better? Same word.
1: You know, I often hear a bunch of women say, well, he wasn't good to me. He wasn't good to me. But you're supposed to be good to him.
0: Yes, no matter what.
1: You want him to fulfill your role to you. Right. Well, you've got a role to fulfill back also. Exactly. This world is very tipped over one direction. You, You know, when you watch TV shows and sitcoms it's always the husband it's always the man that they make out to be the idiot and yeah. our culture has swallowed that and now they're running with it and just men are just stupid and just who cares and i don't have to submit friends i'm telling you if you think like that you're being disobedient to god's word now i know that i said a lot about what was expected of the wife well you guys hang on now i'm about to hit you with what god expects of the husband ephesians 5:25 husbands He who loves his wife loves himself. Guys, listen to me here. Listen to this. This is God saying that. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. Remember, we're made one flesh when we're joined mm-hmm. in marriage, right? No one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Probably noticed I just read more about the husband's expectations Mm -hmm. than for the wife's. And this is because God commands the husband to love his wife. And I always stress this when I'm doing a wedding ceremony to that groom. I say, you are to love your wife by completely sacrificing yourself. I tell the groom, you are to give your very life for her. Just like how Messiah Jesus, he completely sacrificed himself. He gave up his very life for us by dying on the cross. And so I tell the groom, by giving your life to this bride this is a way that you're going to get to show the entire world through your marriage mm-hmm. you're going to show people what the love of Jesus looks like in your marriage now these are the roles of a husband and a wife in that order the husband is to give himself for the wife he is to sacrifice himself for her just as Christ loved the church the husband's to love the wife give himself sacrifice and the wife is to submit to the husband and respect him. That's what God said, and there's a reason for that, is because that shows a parallel of how Christ did with us.
0: Exactly, exactly. And it goes back, like I said, it goes back to Adam and Eve, because Adam didn't take that serpent and chunk him. He didn't take that piece of fruit and chunk it and then whisk her away to take her away from it. So God's setting up a a great order to say, hey, if you're really going to love them, you're not going to let them go do that. And like you said, I mean, when you're talking about the church and getting it ready as a bride for the groom, what a better picture. I mean, it's the only way we can see it, because how else could he tell us in human terms what he plans to do?
1: We'll go through the, some more of that here in a minute. But I, I know that some of y'all, okay, okay, here's the order. I get what the guy does, what the girl does. But uh, I, I, I'm a visual person. I have to kind of see something before I get it. So I want to go through what this godly order of submission and sacrifice looks like when it's played out. In real life, now I've got a short story from the Bible, and I often tell people I'm a fifth-generation Texan redneck. So if I mess up these Hebrew names, y'all just there's forgiveness in the body of Christ, right? Okay, yes. So I'm going to butcher some names, but it's going to be what it is. Joshua fifteen sixteen, and Caleb said, "He who attacks Kirjath Sefer and takes it to him, I will give Oxah my daughter as wife." So Othniel the son of Kenaz the brother of Caleb, took it, and he gave him Aksa, his daughter, as wife. Now it was so, when she came to him, that she persuaded him to ask her father for a field. So she dismounted from her donkey, and Caleb said to her, What do you wish? She answered, Give me a blessing, since you have given me land in the south, give me also springs of water. So he gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. Okay. Short story. Okay. But in the story, what we see here is we see a father. Okay. I want y'all to get these elements as you hear hear me uh, dial, diagram it all out. We have a father. He wanted to send somebody to defeat an enemy. Okay. And since Othniel loved Oxa, he gave himself. You see that role being played mm-hmm. out. He sacrificed himself for Oxa and in battle, and he won a great victory. All for the love of somebody that he desired to have an intimate relationship with. Anna, do you see that role being played oh, out?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you can, it is clear as.
1: So that's yeah. the point of the story. And exactly. So after the victory, they were joined together in marriage. And it says that oxa here's, here's the big kicker that a lot of people are going to go, what? That a lot of people didn't see. Right. You, usually whenever I do this wedding ceremony from this story. I get a, about half a dozen guys come up to me, some that have been in ministry, and they said, you know what? I have read through this story, and I never saw this. So this is free for y'all. Listen to this. Yes. After the victory, after they're joined together in marriage, Oxa persuaded her husband, Othniel, honey, Othniel, can I go talk to my dad? Okay. She asked Othniel to ask her own father for the blessing of the upper and lower springs of water. Now, why does she need water? Because she knew she needed water for the family. Okay. But the kicker is, a lot of people might wonder, why did she have to persuade Othniel, her new husband, why did she have to go through him to ask her own father for anything? It's my dad. Why do I have to go through Othniel, people? Are, you know, she might have thought, but I don't think she thought that, but a lot of people would think, why'd she have to go through Othniel to go to her own father? And. That's where the problem comes in, because it, this is the order here. This is God's order for a wife to submit to her husband. You see, Othniel, he had just performed his order as a husband by loving Aksa. He, gave, he sacrificed his life for her, and so therefore Aksa returned and performed her role back to him as a wife by respecting Othniel enough to submit to him and persuade Othniel if she could ask her father for these blessings. She worked through her husband, through submission to him, because of what he did for her.
0: Well, also because she didn't want to create a wedge, I imagine. You can create a wedge real easily by throwing somebody else in, especially if there's a disagreement.
1: Any of you having marital problems, where do you think that wedge came from? Exactly. It's because one of you or both of you, Mm -hmm. probably both of you, never decided to work in God's order. You both at one point decided, I don't need to have to, I don't have to go through him. Or you said, well, I ain't giving myself for her with that attitude she's got, and you're both out of order. Let me ask you a question. I've had people come to me asking for marital help, and I start asking questions. The first thing I find out is they're not in order. Right? They fight. They fight like cats and dogs. Now, you're going to have an argument sometime. We get that. But I'm talking about the I'm not backing down kind of argument just just sinful to the core fight and it taints a marriage they're not in order the husband's not loving her and she's not submitting okay she's not respecting he's not loving so he's not giving himself for her so she's not playing it back it's all out of whack right and and that makes a bad marriage all the way around
0: yeah and i actually have a a slight i'm going to give a short version of a testimony on that because when we had first gotten married um I I really though God was bringing it to my attention that I wasn't fully giving myself to you. And in my hesitation, and this might happen for other believing women is I don't want God to stop talking to me. I've been talking to him this long. He's going to stop my thought because of the enemy that God would no longer talk to me. If I had to go, if I submitted fully to you, because he would only talk to you and not me, and I couldn't have that. I, it was really bothering Oh, I me. would
1: get all the God yes. the God hotline, and yes. you wouldn't have it anymore. Yeah. So the enemy said, don't submit to me, exactly. right?
0: Exactly. You know what the Lord did? Mm. This is priceless. So I had gotten a trinket from work, and I thought, oh, my dad would like this. And I had gotten to know this older fella who was a truck driver. And he'd come in, and, and I got this little trinket, and I was thinking, oh, my dad would like this. And God said, you need to give it to, uh, his name was Harold. He goes, you need to give it to Harold. And I went, no, my dad would like this. He goes, you need to give it to Harold. N- no, my dad would like this. Give it to Harold. So I gave it to Harold. Harold didn't even know what it was. I had to explain. I'm like, see, God, God comes back. So he drops off a load, comes back, and I have to go out there. God goes, ask him where he's going to go when he dies. So I did. I said, hey, Harold, where are you going to go when you die? So we talked about the Lord, and we kind of had a dialogue. So we got done. He, he dropped off my load. I started walking back, and God goes, Did you stop talking to your dad when you got married? Like, no. He goes, then why would I stop talking to you? So I realized that going through you, I was still talking to the Lord. The Lord still talks to me. He talks to both of us. So I could fully give myself to you because he was saying, no, you got to do this together. You can't be separate. No wedges.
1: Wedges are a son of a gun to deal with, and a lot of people deal with them. They have no idea. They blame it on the other person. Yes. Oh, we have a wedge because you're being an idiot. They, they, they say that about the other person when you're both out of order. Right. And it's not going to work. So the wife can, can submit to the husband. It amplifies her role. Yes. The husband loving the wife and sacrifice, and it amplifies his role. I'm a radio tech, and I speak on radio terms. I've got radios in my uh, ham shack, I call it. And I can put an amplifier on these and I can transmit, say, let's say I transmit 10 watts out of a radio, the amplifier might take it up to 160. But going through that amplifier makes it more powerful of a signal out.
0: Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time